Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We're visiting a beetle spit village next to a chicken piddle lake on a donkey dung island. You can bet we're going to swear. This has been your Obscenity Warning. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading Chapter 7 of Melting Stones. So grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's fizz like Pop Rocks. Chapter 7 opens with everybody eating lunch. Mm-hmm. And Nori and Oswin show up, and the adults are talking, and Evie's bored, so she goes off to play with rocks because she wants to like explore their fizzing. And I think she goes into like the crystal crack that they were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Yes. Until Luvo booms his voice and makes her come out. Nori's there talking to her, and they have a brief conversation, and we learn that Nori is the daughter of Pirate Queen Paha from Triss's book. Yup. What a throwback. I get craziness. I mean, we've we've had the crystals, we've had volcano discussions, we've had dragon salt. That's all this book is. After her conversation with Nori, she's still like exploring the rocks and stuff. This is when she steals a horse and goes up the mountain to like further pursue the fizzing and the power and whatever she's feeling she wears herself out i don't remember if she's just writing or if she's also like or she also wears herself out because she's pursuing stuff magically she's pursuing stuff magically as well giant shows up and like kind of helps take care of her and she rests for a while but then she goes back a third time to explore the rocks again and this is when Luvo's like, no, 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 don't go there. That's dangerous. And Evie's like, well, what you talking about? Where's your sense of adventure? And she basically enters the heart of the volcano. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. Goodwin, tell us about volcano things. What about volcano things? You're talking about the children sacrificed into the volcano or that <laughs> well, Luvo's going to become been talking, the... You've been talking volcanoes for a couple chapters, I think. So yeah. uh, 
you said before, like, oh, I was totally right. Volcano things. Yeah. Brittany got her chance to brag and pulled fire. So here's your chance. Tell us oh, about volcano really? things. So yeah, like obviously we're we're in a chain of islands. Everyone knows that islands are mostly caused by volcanic eruptions and stuff. So it's just kind of the expected, you know, islands in the middle of the ocean having issues with like poisoned water and stuff uh, clearly that means the volcano is getting active and you know volcanoes create a bunch of they can leach toxic fumes and stuff from from rocks melting and the, uh, that's what's happening like i'm 100 percent sure the volcano I is just agree. yeah like it is just poisoning stuff because it's releasing a bunch of gases and stuff that you know not, not good for plants or or, or water Still waiting for Oswin to throw the kids in there, but I'm sure we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> I'm I'm sure we will. Yeah, just more confirmation that, like, you know, Evie kind of finds this, like, it's essentially the magma chamber, pretty close to the surface, apparently, and Luvo's like, hey, hold up, I don't think this is a good idea, and she's, she's just all about it. It's like, Luvo, where was your sense of adventure? Climb into the molten rock. And Luvo's like, I, I came out of that, and it didn't feel good, and every other mountain I've talked to has the same experience. Don't, don't, don't go in there. It, it's bad. Clearly, this volcano is about to blow. Like I said before, it's about time we had another, uh, you know, active nature be the antagonist. So I'm here for it. Since I called on you, do you want to share your other notes with us? My likes. Uh, I enjoyed Zaze sending them with uh, a pretty hearty meal uh, on the way out. Rolls, pickled beets, grape leaves. Gotta love grape leaves. Everybody loves grape leaves. I'm sure we've all had grape leaves before and how, how delicious they are. <laughs> I can't say I've ever had a grape leaf. They're pretty good, actually. I mm. I had grape leaves in college. Not a fan. The whole, all the little pocket they make or just... Some yeah, like the, 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 it was, I don't remember what it was, but it was something with like wrapped in grape leaves. Yeah. Um, like the leaves themselves don't really have much of a like, they're not offensive or anything. They're pretty plain. Yeah, I think I didn't like spinach. the texture, probably. Mm, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I just like peeled the leaves off and ate the rest of it. Effie saying that she had her bad manner skin on that day kind of reminds her of when she was a kind of a street rat attitude going on. I also like the part where Rose Thorn uh, asks Evie to go, like she starts feeling around with her hand and then Evie goes to like get her map get her ink started and like all, all the writing utensils that she needs kind of going like even though she's not her student but she knows exactly the like consistency that she likes her ink to be when she writes so they, they've clearly been studying together a lot she she says that she's not her student but she kind of has been the reveal of nori and her mom being uh the uh pirate queen that attacked uh, mm-hmm. was not expecting that that was a throwback no. to just way way early in the beginning I, I i want to see how much more we'll get out of that i don't feel like we will get much more out of it but probably not but i'm interested to see you know if it's if it's just going to be a passing thing or if uh, she will have maybe more to do here or not yeah also, Nori uh, saying the stone mages are a copper a pair, meaning that they're very common. Which I think they've said before in uh, Street Magic. Yeah, they did. Yes. When they met her. And like, you know, clearly there are great mages that work with stone, but like, are there tiers? Like, how do you, how do you differentiate? If there's so many of them, 
how do you know who's good or not? I feel like that's kind of the same as um, any profession, though. You know, you have a profession where there's a lot of people who fill that and you have to figure out who's good at and who's mediocre and who probably shouldn't be doing it. I mean, uh, we saw Juba Huba was not very good, but he was at the top. Yeah. Which also happens in real life. Now you just got to know people as well. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder, like, I know for, like, electricians, there's, like, levels to that knowledge, and it makes me wonder if mages are kind of the same way. Like, is it is becoming a great mage just an experience thing, or is it a, uh, you have to prove yeah. that you know, or do you have to do a great act to become a great mage? Is it just uh, a certain amount of learning that you need? From the way they talk about it with Rose Thorn, I feel like she has a great majority more of magic than regular mages so because she's compared to a tree like i don't know is is it yeah is it the capacity of magic that they can do i get the impression that it is a combination of how powerful somebody is magically as well as like what they can do because i feel like there's a sentence in back in like Santry's book where Rose Thorne tells Briar that he could potentially be a great mage. I think it's partially like training and ability, but it's also just that raw power. Yeah, because I also feel like Daja has the capability of it as well, because I remember in Cold Fire, I think it was a Linux hotcracker that was like, Nia smells of magic, but you smell like you've been rolling around in magic. You have a whole lot more magic. And I have to wonder if there's, to some degree, that's something that you can grow. Like, if you start off with a small amount of magic, you can actually kind of increase it through, like, study and training and stuff. It's like a combo of both, yeah. It's like your capacity and your knowledge. Yeah, and I feel like there would still be kind of a cap on it. Like, some people are never going to exceed a certain threshold no matter how much they study but others i mean which to me seems like other skills in real life singing or like playing a sport or something you'll have like the the basketball player who is never like no matter how much they play and practice they're only going to do so well yeah, And then you have the basketball player who's more naturally gifted than the first person and plays and practices and becomes NBA all-star. And then you have the basketball player who could be, but doesn't spend the time practicing and therefore doesn't get that good. You could apply that to a lot of other skills as well. That's kind of the impression I get for magic. That makes sense. I did not like Evie describing that hot itch like tingle saying that she wants to scratch her own skin off and also the fact that there's like that little hint there of like did she bring it back with her when she was down there like among the uh among the rocks and stuff almost like picking up a disease or something and she's bringing it up back with her i hope she didn't and near the end luvo uh talking to evie and saying do not go any further i will not stay with you there is no good to be found down there reminds me of two things It reminds me of, there are these warnings on certain caves underwater that are like warnings for cave, for divers that are like, hey, 
don't go any further. There is no treasure here. You need very, very specific training and equipment to safely swim through these caves. You can get stuck. You can die. Your body may not be able to be recovered. Do not enter. And it's just like a very in-your-face, like, there is nothing there. Don't fucking do it. That's just what they want you to think. That's why they put the sign. They're like, there's there's no treasure here, but there's actually treasure. So you got to go look. People are dumb. <laughs> and even if you put it like that, they will continue. Evie has gotten this very clear warning, but she is going to continue. Uh, she's a child, though. So I guess, it, you know, what can, yeah. what can you do? The second thing it reminds me of is uh, there have been these concepts for long-term nuclear waste storage. So like all the nuclear waste after it's been run through the nuclear energy generation power plants, it's all being stored out in the desert in like Nevada. But since the half-life of all the radioactivity and all the liquid in the barrels will not go away for like hundreds of thousands of years... There have been like a a couple of studies done as to like how to make a place look scary and to warn people away using both words and actual structures. If you think like 10,000 years from now in the future, if our descendants come around and they come to this place out in the middle of the desert and they see like some cool building or something or you know funky looking shapes in the ground or that people had been there in the past it could be like us coming up to like an ancient egyptian tomb and being like oh this is kind of cool maybe something really cool and like valuable is stored here we need to go digging we need to get in here and crack it open and see what's inside but all these warnings that were like written in like i think seven different languages including like navajo or something but they say that this place is not a place of honor. Yeah. Nothing is valued here. What is here is dangerous and repulsive to us. No highly esteemed deed is commemorated here. Just these very bold, clear warnings that can possibly be like translated in the future for people that don't know what this place is because it is so dangerous. And it's like, the, the shapes that they were planning on putting there were like crooked, broken trees, like big spikes, spiky, yeah. scary, black obsidian, like don't come here. This is a bad place. Don't go digging because if you do, you're going to release nuclear waste and you're going to be irradiated and die in a very painful, bad way. Yeah, but people are going to be like, that's what they want us to think. There is treasure there. It's fine. <laughs> No, though, because uh, like what Goodwin's describing to me sounds like the spooky ruins that like we read about in stories, and people are like, oh no, don't go there, and like of course they this, eventually this, this do. This small but... handful of people that would be like, mm, no, I'm gonna do it. That's true, um, <laughs> but I like the comparison to Egyptian tombs because like there's all these stories about curses coming from Egyptian tombs mm-hmm. and I could be wrong but I feel like I've heard stories that people opening up tombs have actually released ancient illnesses so like there I've were like bacteria too. or what that, that were living happened. in the tombs yeah that 
that we don't really like they've died out in the rest of the world but then we open up the tombs and release them and so we like actually a Pandora's box. did that yeah that has happened more than once okay. his warning was very evocative to me of those warnings like do not yeah. go further i will not stay with you there is no good to be found there right very very reminiscent of them Evie being rude again and Rose Thorn using her full name. I just like noted she uses the full name. Yep. Nothing scarier than the full name. No. Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, I done fucked up. I love how it's written because we get the name before we hear who's saying it. And it's like, it wasn't Luvo that time. No, so I knew I'd Luvo. messed up. <laughs> I like that when Evie falls off her horse, Giant's like, here, Evie, here are some rocks. He's just trying to help. I mean, I'm sure he is. Like, it is absolutely the correct reaction, but it's just funny. Rocks. It really is, though. I'm sure she landed on some rocks falling <laughs> off the horse. And he's like, oh, you landed on rocks? Here's some more. He's already figured out that rocks help her, whether yeah. it's just emotionally or physically, or he's already figured out whatever is going on, rocks will help you. So he's like, here are some rocks. <laughs> it just sounds so funny. I love Giant. I also love, I don't know if this comes across quite the same way in the written text, like if you're just reading it, because I love the delivery of this line in the audiobook. <laughs> Brittany knows where I'm going. Um when Nori and Osmond show up and they're like, hey, what's going on? And Giant goes, Evie stopped an avalanche. Yep. <laughs> There's just something about the way the actor delivers that line is perfect. Evie's, it's, it's like he's pointing to her. Like, she did like, it. Like she did it. <laughs> she did it. <laughs> and then he lays her on basalt and she's like, ah, cool, comfortable basalt. And earlier she was complaining about basalt. Right? So. Uh, basalt's so boring. <laughs> Oh, Basalt, I love you. I was like, what do you think about Basalt now, Evie? Not so cool, huh? Oswin and Rose Thorne's whole conversation about her five tyrants. Mm-hmm. Um, she, he says something about the, the kids trying to like take care of him. And she's like, oh, I have five of them. And he's like, five? You have five? Mm-hmm. Brittany, are you mm-hmm-ing from experience? <laughs> I didn't think that you would have had this experience yet because yours are too young to be going oh no we we have to take care of you but... my seven year old tries to take care of me <laughs> tries tries he works. not very good at it yet but she tries and then the last thing I wrote is I like Evie's self description as quote person who looks after her mage <laughs> and Nori's reaction to this. So that's not a very impressive title. <laughs> it is a title, though. It is a title. Nori doesn't have a title, and that's her no. point. Yeah. She's like, I have a title. I am person who looks after my mage. You, you don't what have do you have? Nothing. You don't need to be here. <laughs> <laughs> my first one is when um, Evie runs off. Luvo mind speaks with her and says, she says she will drown you in the lake tonight. So say your prayers. 
mood though. Yes. And I love the delivery of it too, listening to the audio. It's like he's just very nonchalant about it. I'm just like, eh. Um, and then I also like the delivery of when Jaya is talking to Luvo and uh he, Jaya asks him, Do you get sick? And Luvo's like, I do not. It's not very funny reading it, but listening to it, <laughs> I found it very funny. Yeah. The voice actors, they did a really, really good job with this one. I had a dislike when Evie is basically telling Luvo, where's your sense of adventure? And he's like, I have trauma with this. And she's basically like, fuck your trauma, Luvo. I don't care about all that. I just want to be adventurous. Like, Evie, you're a jerk. And then my last like was like, uh, whenever she sees all the volcano stuff, the lava, and uh, she says that the minerals and metals all swirl together in different colors of hot. What color is hot? Is it just red? Orange? Well, I was going to say, Yellow? think about like a fire. You've got like the blues, the greens, the purples, reds, That's yellows, true. oranges. I thought that was an interesting way to say it. Though. I like that description. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. My mother worshipped money. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like the reveal, but I also just really like that line. Yeah, I would have never made the connection unless, I know we were talking about it last week and you guys told me. I was like, oh, yeah, I would have never made that connection on my own. I also really like the follow-up where she says, yeah, I'm, I'm iffy on the question of gods right now. Yeah. 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 And if I stole that one from you, Indy, then then take it now. But you're good. Yeah, like that's that's just a very real thing that a lot of people go through. So yeah. We are all born in fire with no memory of that birth but pain. Mm. There is specifically a line from a song that I really, really like. Was it we come into this world through blood and through pain? I love the realness i guess of that it do be like that in childbirth it is very painful and very bloody and very uncomfortable yes yes it is yeah (laughs) we we talked in an earlier episode about like comparing luvo's birth to like human birth and Mm -hmm. i feel like we get the same thing here and it's very cool yeah yeah that is the ones that aren't stolen (laughs) i'm not sorry Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or message in the chapter. So tell me what theme or message did you find? The one I found was lack of self-control. She is getting really antsy. And so because of that antsiness, she's not 
controlling herself very well. She starts off being really rude to Jayat, telling him that he should leave the island, forget everything that's going on at the village, which she gets in trouble for. She's getting bored with the meeting and she loses self-control and steals a horse and runs away and then loses self-control when she decides that she wants to plunge into a volcano even though Luvo is telling her not to. Like what stood out to me about like her stealing the horse and all this is kind of the opposite. Mm -hmm. I thought of that moment when you're like working on something creative and you're just so focused that like everything else sort of disappears. And I don't know what the word for that is. Hyper focus. Hyper focus. There, you go. there, there we you go. go. That's fine. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> you should elaborate. Um, no, it's it's quite the quite the same. It's like that that moment when like something just won't leave your brain. You spend 45 minutes talking about pirates and nobody cares. And but but you spend 45 minutes talking about it because you can't shut the fuck up about it. Or because Pokemon pirates or animals. And it's a hyperfixation. And god damn it. Me last week, I spent like 45 minutes talking about pirates. And like my coworker was like, uh-huh, cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm just <laughs> like, I can't shut up and I'm sorry. Well, Goodwin, do you want to share your theme with us? Uh, no, because I did not find one. The closest thing I got to it was, um, Evie trying to tell Jayat that, you know, he should go study somewhere else and like essentially how to live his life and, you know, like what, what kind of, what gives her the right to tell him that, but I didn't really know how to put that into a theme. Rudeness. Yeah. But I feel like that could be the theme for the whole book at this point, frankly. Everyone's being rude all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, Evie, Evie figured out this time that she is being rude. So good on her. You know, she was like, oh, shit, Grosthorn's right. I'm being a jerk. Yeah. Maybe self-reflection. Yeah, let's go with self-reflection. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? I think Indy wants to go first. So specifically, I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of a downer here. Go figure. What else? Uh, But uh, (laughs) specifically the line, we are all born in fire with no memory of that birth but pain. We are shaped by our experiences which means that our trauma does shape our reactions our mindset these are things that genuinely change you on a fundamental level i have trouble remembering things from when i was a lot younger it's a it's a trauma reaction and i know that's what it is like there are things i remember and things that i don't but I will react in ways that I don't understand. But the only thing I can think of is they are to that memory that I have repressed. This is a reminder to be kind to myself and to others because the way we are shaped, we might not remember the experience, but the weight of it will stay with us. The pain of it will stay with us. It's a reminder to myself to be kind, both 
to myself in those instances of reacting in in panic or in anger or whatever the case may be and also to be kind to others because I don't know what shaped them a little bit of a downer but (laughs) that was really good uh I feel like mine is actually related think before you speak because Evie is doing a lot of is saying a lot of mean things and being rude and not thinking before she speaks and potentially offending people that can be avoided by just pausing and being like, "Mm, wait a minute, let me think about this. Mine was self-control, which is, uh, I think, kind of similar to yours as well. We see Evie finally getting this, a real taste of what she's been slightly picking up on, you know, this power coming through these rocks and what used to be there. And now she's kind of getting the full, like, hey, this is kind of nice. This is cool. Like it, it, uh, she's finally got it and it's really great. And she's just like ignoring every warning sign that she's either been told or feels that like, this is bad. Don't do it. But since it feels good and she's like excited and it's like amping her up, she's, she's just going for it. You you need to have a little more self-control than, than just leaping into, especially something unknown, and especially something that other people close to you ha- have warned you about. Kind of take that into consideration before you leap. Reminds me a little bit of, like, I just started a new medication called Fentramine. It's for weight loss. But it's, like, not opposite, but almost equivalent to, like, um, Adderall. Adderall is for attention. Like if you have ADHD, it helps you kind of brings it under control so you can focus, but it also makes you kind of less hungry throughout the day. Ventramine makes you less hungry and it kind of has a side effect of helping you concentrate a little more. Like you're only supposed to take it for like a month at a time, very much you only get like a small supply from your doctor uh, each time you get a prescription. I feel a lot better when I take it. I was like, this is kind of nice not having to eat a lot. My appetite is suppressed. I'm able to focus on stuff. But when I felt that, I also realized that I'm like, I can see why you're supposed to take breaks off of it at certain times. Like you're just supposed to like have like a couple months on, one off, and kind of see how you feel. Maybe you can go back on it. But it's very limited in how long you're supposed to take it. And I think I've reached the point, like I need to go to my doctor and see, but I've been taking it for two months now. And I'm like, I love being on this. It feels great. It's kind of awesome. But then I'm like, that might just be part of that like addictive part of that medicine and my brain yeah. being like, this is cool. This is great. Like it feels, it feels nice, but I don't want to be hooked on something like this. And I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I can kind of realize it, but I'm like, yeah, it's, it's good, but it's not good for me all the time. Yeah. This is probably the point where I need to be like backed off of it and not take it for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's interesting that I kind of like ki- kind of what's going on in this chapter is applying directly to me right now. Just because it feels good doesn't mean you can keep doing it. I think that's the beauty of reading. Well, mine doesn't tie into y'all's at all. So I guess I'm going to pull an indie. <laughs> Yay! Oh <my> God. <laughs> mine is in the part where Luvo and Nori are talking and Nori is saying stone mages are a copper a pair. Luvo is saying, but none like Evu Meme. She is alive. The world is hers, or she will make it hers. She sparkles. Evie's like, 
Luvo is great, but he's just a dreamer. He's crazy, thinking all these high praising things about me. He shouldn't think so highly of me. I, I kind of suck. We don't see the potential in ourselves. Sometimes we think that we're not that great. And uh, sometimes our friends have to remind us, hey, you are pretty great. Don't talk about yourself like that. Luvo is thousands of years old. He 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 knows. Let let your friends hype you up. It's okay. Yeah, do it. Do it. Unless they're hyping you up to do something bad, then then don't let them do. <laughs> jump in the lava. Jump in the lava. It's really cool down <laughs> here. It feels awesome. Do it. Do it. Ever such a slight spoiler. We might be dealing with that in the next chapter. Oh boy. Uh, Luvo telling her to jump in the lava. Oh, not Luvo. Just friends. Murkatide is saying, yeah, we're going to get rid of that gutter snipe. Jump in there. Or Oswin is like, yes, I don't have to sacrifice a child right now. The child is sacrificing herself. Exactly. That's that's why it was only a slight spoiler, because you'd already figured out the whole thing with Oswin, you know? Yep, yep. Called it. Called it 100%. So before we begin our excerpts, since I realize we have chapter titles, we can do like little mini predictions. It's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, so chapter eight is titled Flamin' Carnelian. What do you think is, uh, what do you think that's all about? I don't know what a carnelian is. Uh, I, it's some kind of stone. Go figure. Oh, I would have figured it was a flower. So I'm glad uh, you're, you're telling me. It's, it's reddish orange. It's the color yeah. of pot. She is going to jump in and be flared. I don't know. <laughs> She's probably going to realize that. She uses the carnelian to save herself to from getting flared up. That could be the case. Because yeah. are, is carnelian volcanic rock? I don't know what kind of rock it is, actually. It doesn't oh, it's a quartz. It's a type of quartz. Oh, she did say there's a lot of quartz down there, so... There is a lot of quartz. So she's using that to keep herself from being swallowed up by the lava. That, that's my prediction. Save yourself. I think she's <laughs> going to see a chunk of that floating around. She's like, oh, I could be that if I don't get out of here really quickly. And then hmm. Luvo yells at her again. And then she's like, oh, all right, let me, let me, let me just get out of here. Get out of there. Okay, and then go. she gets out and then she's covered in it or something. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter eight of Melting Stones. I was starting to sink down through the air toward the pool when two shapes rushed out of the stone melt. They grabbed my protection sphere, hauling me back up to the crack I had just left. Hello, hello, look at you, one of them cried, twirling around me. You're new, you're not old, you're not cold and dead, who are you? the other demanded, twirling the other way. You're sparkly, and you came from the cold place above, said the first. How did you get in? Show us. Take us out of here. They danced around me like two kids who had found a new playmate. Then they wrapped their hot, snaky bodies around my shell. Now I was really glad for my protections. Even with three layers of magic around me, these two kids felt hot. Quickly, I dragged more strength from the melted rock below. I put it into my layers to keep from being eaten. My magical body was all ideas and power, controlled by my mind, 
but I was certain that if my magical self burned to ashes, my real body would die too. Who are you? I asked. Where did you come from? Are you mages? What are your names? What are mages? The one who felt more like a boy slowed down. He trailed a shock of sparks and flame from his top end like a flare. To keep them straight, I decided to call him that. We came from below to here, Flare said. Now we want to go up. We must go up. Can you feel it? The other one had a prettier voice, more like a girl's. Her core fire was a darker, cooler orange, like carnelian. I thought it would make a good name for her. How important it is to go up and out? Slowly, though they kept spinning around me, they were changing. When they'd first grabbed me, they were like a pair of comets, gripping me with long molten stone tails. Now they were shifting, their bodies getting shorter. The tails became two legs, arms split off from the trunk. The ends of their heads settled into their bodies until they formed necks. Were they copying the shape of my magical body? I had always liked to appear human, maybe so I wouldn't forget. Once they had simple bodies, they changed even more. Flair was sapphire blue, still with his trailing flame of hair. He had black-rimmed eye holes around flame eyes. Carnelian had turned her fiery hair black like mine. She made herself a nose and mouth as well as eyes. What are you? I felt like an idiot for having to ask again. A real mage would know, it seemed to me. What are you doing here? We're children of the pool. Flame spun until he was a blur, then stopped and took his human-like shape again. We were born there. We swim there too, sometimes, but that isn't all we are anymore. We want other things than just melting together now. We want to go out. Carnelian obviously thought I was quite slow. Don't you? Don't you have the pool where you come from? Aren't you bored with the pool? Don't you want to go somewhere new? Don't you want to be someone new? Someone who isn't always from the same places? Flares spun against the roof of the chamber, melting a hollow spot there. Liquid stone dripped through my magical body, its power making me shiver. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Mm-hmm. It's always it's always the, the companion. It's always an animal companion, <laughs> damn it. <laughs>